episode 16, I'm Such an Idiot. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 16 of The John Becker Show. I'm John, and I'm glad you're here with me today. I got some great feedback from last week's podcast on creating your own personal board of directors. In fact, one of my listeners reached out to tell me about a great book on the very same topic. That book is called Peak Performance, Develop Your Personal Board of Directors and Become the Leader You Were Meant to Be. It was written by business coach and mentor Jim Zugschwert, and it was published by Author Academy Elite, which is the same company that published my first book and is going to be publishing my next book as well. As soon as I learned of Jim's book, I hopped on over to his website and I ordered my own copy, and I'm going to include a link to Jim's website in the show notes in case you would like to get your own signed copy as well. The quote of the week comes from Chris Ewing, who is an author and management consultant. And Chris said, Negative self-talk will not change your habitual thinking. It will only make you feel bad and start to solidify a lack of self-esteem. Few things are more harmful than negative self-talk. Well, this quote from Chris Ewing really resonated with me on a very deep level. I have always struggled with a lack of self-esteem. In fact, I got the idea for this podcast last night when I walked into the other room to get something and I forgot what it was, and I said to myself out loud, you idiot. I do that a lot. I'm always putting myself down with little cuts, little cut downs and and little jabs at myself that I don't even think about. It's become such a habit that I do it instinctively. So let's let's talk a little bit about negative self-talk and let's define it first so that everybody understands what negative self-talk is. I really like the following definition from the website verywellmind.com, which says that negative self-talk is any inner dialogue you have with yourself that may be limiting your ability to believe in yourself and your own abilities and reach your potential. It is any thought that diminishes you and your ability to make positive changes in your life or your confidence in your ability to do so. That's a great definition, and it really gives us a good foundation on which to uh, talk about negative self-talk. And the idea of negative self-talk is that it can take on many forms. In fact, it can sound perfectly reasonable. For example, you might say to yourself, you know what, I'm not good at this, so I should avoid attempting it for my own personal safety. That's one example of negative self-talk. Negative self-talk can also sound downright mean. For example, last night when I said, you idiot, because I forgot something that I had gone into a room to get. Another example of a mean self-talk is, I can never do anything right. These, These negative comments that we make about ourselves serve to cut ourselves down. They're things that we would never say directly to anybody that we care about. But because we're saying them to ourselves, we seem to think it's perfectly all right. Negative self-talk could take on that feel of being a realistic appraisal of a situation. For example, you might say, well, I got a D on this math test, so I'm, I'm not any good at math and I never will be. There are a lot of habits that lead to negative self-talk. In fact, I could probably do an entire podcast on just these habits, but I'm going to go over some habits rather quickly so that we can dig into uh, the issues and how to fix this problem that we have of cutting ourselves down on a regular basis. 
One habit that will often lead to negative self-talk is poor health habits, not taking care of yourself physically. It can be really difficult to feel good about yourself if you don't feel good physically. So whatever your health status is, when you take care of your health in ways that work for you, that can help curb that negative self-talk. Most of my life, as you know, I've been overweight, and I've often put myself down for not taking care of my health, for being obese, for um, eating bad foods. And instead of doing something about it, I just continue to talk negatively about it to myself, and it just perpetuates the cycle. So not taking care of your health is definitely a habit that can lead to negative self-talk. If you're having a relationship problem um, and you hold back on what you really want to say instead of digging into the conflict and working through it, um, if you try to keep the peace instead of deal with the issues that are at the root of the problem, it's going to cause a buildup of stress and frustration and even resentment. And if you don't address those relationship problems head on, you create this environment that's negative. And when you have that negative environment, that can turn into patterns of harmful thinking. And of course, that harmful thinking can make your relationship conflict worse as well. Another habit that can lead to negative self-talk is when you spend too much time alone. Now, I want to preface this by saying that I'm very much of an introvert, which surprises a lot of people when they hear me say that. But in reality, I like to spend time by myself. When I'm at a party or with a large group of people, I can be on. In other words, I can be the center of attention. I can be the life of the party, so to speak. But it really exhausts me. And in order to recharge my batteries, I need to get alone and spend some time in solitude so that I can kind of regroup. The problem is that when we spend too much time by ourselves and we struggle with negative self-talk, that dialogue that we have becomes an internal one. We don't have anybody else who can be encouraging us or motivating us. And so we start to talk to ourselves, if you will. And if we struggle with negative self-talk, then we're going to be uh, interacting in a negative way with ourselves. By simply being around other people, we can often help keep those harmful thoughts at bay. So spending too much time alone can definitely contribute to that negative self-talk. Another thing that we often do, or actually don't do, that can contribute to uh, putting ourselves down and engaging in negative self-talk is if we refuse to ask for help in a situation that we need help in. As a guy, I don't know if this is a guy thing or not. Maybe it's the whole macho stereotype of we need to be able to do this on our own or we need to be a man's man. But it's hard for me as a guy to ask for help, especially from other guys, because I feel like I should be able to figure it out on my own. You know, I have a, uh, a lot of friends that I really admire for their ability to get certain things done. And I struggle in some of those areas. And asking them for help is hard for me. And so I will try to tackle a project, maybe a home improvement project or something like that on my own without asking for help. And when it doesn't go well or when I don't know what to do next, I'll start to put myself down and, and criticize myself because I should be able to do this and my friends could do this, but why can't I? So refusing to ask for help is definitely a problem for me and it feeds into my negative self-talk. Another obvious thing that will help me to uh, speak negatively into my own life is when I spend too much time around negative people. 
And we all have these people in our lives. We all have these people who it seems like no matter what is going on, they always focus on the negative side of things. I've got some friends, some really good friends, who (laughs) I don't know if they're going to recognize themselves when I say this, but I've got some really good friends on Facebook that I've had to unfollow. Not unfriend, but unfollow. Because every one of their posts that they put up there focuses on something negative. And I just don't need to feed that negativity into my life. I struggle enough with being negative to myself without having my friends being negative as well. So when you spend too much time around negative people, that's going to perpetuate that negativity in your mind. And that's going to play out in negative self-talk talking to yourself, putting yourself down, and just having a generally negative attitude. And one other thing that is going to perpetuate negative self-talk is denial. Simply failing to acknowledge that you engage in self-talk. Everybody engages in self-talk at one time or another. Even the most accomplished people will often struggle with criticizing themselves. They might do it by comparing what they're doing to other people and feeling like they're not doing it as well, or just generally feeling depressed and kind of putting themselves down. If everybody is doing it, what makes you think that you're any different? Negative self-talk can affect us in some pretty damaging ways. There are many studies that have linked negative self-talk to higher levels of stress and lower levels of self-esteem. It can lead to a decreased motivation, greater feelings of helplessness, and even depression. So it's definitely something that needs to be fixed. This whole idea of talking negatively about yourself and to yourself on a regular basis must be corrected for you to achieve what you want to achieve in life. Now, we've talked about some habits that we engage in that lead to negative self-talk. What are some examples of that kind of negative self-talk? Well, one example is limited thinking, the idea that I can't do this. And I struggle with students in my classes all the time that struggle with this. Students who come in and they say to me, you know, I've never been good at math. I'm never going to be able to get this. I always failed math when I was in school and I don't know how I'm going to get through your class. They get this idea that they will not be able to do it. That ties into an idea, another example of negative self-talk, which is thinking in extremes. And what I mean by thinking in extremes is when you say something like, I always do this or I never do that. For example, saying, I always screw that up, I always do poorly on math, or I can never do this right, or I can never do that right. If you're struggling at work and you feel like you deserve a raise, but you're afraid to go in and talk to the boss, you might have this idea that I'm never going to get a raise. I don't deserve a raise. Other people get raises, but I don't. You also might think that nobody else cares. Sometimes you imagine that no one else cares or understands except you. These are examples of thinking to extremes. Another thing that can lead to negative self-talk is this perfectionism problem that so many people struggle with. Uh, The idea that something that you have done or accomplished or completed isn't good enough. And that perfectionism is going to lead to procrastination. This happened to me when I wrote my first book. When I wrote The Flunked Out Professor... 
I just felt like it wasn't good enough. And I kept going back. Even after it had been edited, I would go back and I would make tweaks and changes. And I did not want to submit it to the publisher because I did not think that it was good enough. And so I kept procrastinating and putting it off. And there came a point where I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, look, this is not perfect. It is never going to be as perfect as you want it to be. But it's good enough and you need to publish it. And I did. And you know, I've told this story before, but the day I got the book back from the publisher and opened it up, I noticed two or three things that I wanted to go back and change. And of course, by that point, it was done. It was published. I could not go back and make those changes without purchasing brand new ISBN numbers and UPC codes and all that stuff and going through the whole publishing process again. But I have come to accept the fact that my book is not perfect, but it's really good. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it. And I've stopped having that negative self-talk issue when it comes to my book, because the reality is that if we struggle with perfectionism, it's never going to be good enough. And we need to get over that. Another example of negative self-talk is what I call catastrophic fortune-telling. Catastrophic fortune-telling is when you predict bad things are going to happen to you in advance. And I get this a lot, again, from my students. I've had students come up to me on the first day of class and say, I'm probably not going to do very well in your class because I've always struggled with math. They're already predicting that they're going to fail before they've ever begun. So catastrophic fortune telling is really a problem, and it will feed into this idea in your head that you're not good enough and you never will be. Another example of negative self-talk is mind reading. And I do this all the time. And I think anyone who's married probably struggles with this once in a while. But the idea behind mind reading is that you convince yourself of what other people are thinking and that it's always bad. You know, if I do something and I have to come home and tell my wife and I'm not sure if she's going to approve or not, I already build up in my head the fact that she's going to have a negative response and that it's all going to be bad and that she's going to be mad at me. I create this entire scenario by reading her mind when I haven't even given her an opportunity to react to what has happened. And so I get depressed, I get anxious, I get nervous before I ever ever have the conversation. Sometimes I delay the conversation, and it makes me feel more stressed or more depressed, and then she begins to notice that I'm frustrated or that something's wrong. And ultimately, we have the conversation, And it doesn't go as bad as I had predicted that it would. And I got myself all stressed out and all worked up for no good reason at all. So we've talked about all of these examples of negative self-talk. I hope that you are willing to recognize and admit that at some time in your life you have struggled with negative self-talk. Even if it's not an ongoing problem, there has to have been at least an occasion or two where you have had this internal struggle. And for those of you who struggle with it all the time, like I do, I want to share a few tips for how you can fight back against this negative self-talk. How can you combat that negative self-talk? Well, the first thing that you need to do is you need to become self-aware. You need to recognize when it happens. That's what happened to me last night. I walked into the bedroom and I was looking for something and I couldn't remember what I went in looking for. And I said, you idiot. And I immediately recognized that I was cutting myself down over the simple fact that I had forgotten something. Now, this is not the first time that I've walked into a room and forgotten something. In fact, for those of you who are getting older, 
which I guess is everybody. That's kind of a silly phrase. But for those of you who are in your 50s and you are starting to notice that you're forgetting things more often, walking into another room and forgetting what you went in there for is a common occurrence. It does not mean that you're an idiot. It simply means that your memory is getting a little bit more faulty. And that's okay. That's part of getting up into our 50s. And as we get older, there are a lot of other great things going on in our life. So if we have to occasionally forget things here and there, that's okay. But you need to be aware. You need to be self-aware that you do it anytime that you do it. One website that I read says that you need to notice the critic. And the critic is the voice in your head that is criticizing you. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to notice the critic. Once you notice the critic, you need to separate yourself from the critic. In fact, what a lot of uh, websites that I read recommend is that you actually give your critic a name. Uh, For me, it could be Jerky John, or uh, you might um, think of it as Forgetful Fred, if your name is Fred. Or it doesn't have to match up to your name. But what you need to do is you need to give a name to the negative self-talk voice in your head and distance yourself from that. Create in your mind a person who is criticizing you. Because here's the reality. If one of your friends was saying the kinds of things to you that you say to yourself, you would be very angry with that friend. So if you separate yourself from the critic, if you identify it as another entity, another being, and separate yourself from it, then you can start to get a little bit upset with that critic and say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you. That's just downright rude. In fact, that's the third step. Once you have identified or named your critic, that voice in your head that is cutting you down all the time, you need to talk back. You know, if one of your friends said that, you would say, you know what? I really don't appreciate that. I really don't want you talking to me that way. That's not acceptable. You need to tell that voice in your head, tell that critic to get lost. In fact, you can call it out as a liar. You know, I will often say, oh, I am so stupid when I make a mistake. Well, here's the reality. I'm not stupid. I say this as humbly as I can, but I have a master's degree in math education. I've gone through college all the way up to a master's level. I've been teaching college for 30 years. I teach calculus, which causes many people just to cringe and to shrivel up when they even think about it. I'm not stupid. That's a lie. But because I say it to myself, for some reason, I seem to think that it's okay. So I need to separate myself from that critic. I need to call it out as a liar. And then the fourth step is I need to replace that voice in my head. I need to, instead of, you know, dealing with jerky John, I need to come up with another name for another voice that I feed back to myself that's positive. I need to grow a new inner voice and I need to start recognizing the good things that I do and the good person that I am. And I need to ignore those negative voices in my head. You know, one of the things that I work really hard to do is to be a really good teacher. Um, I've shared with you, but I've won some teaching awards and I've been recognized for excellence in teaching, which I'm grateful for. But sometimes I get really frustrated with a class and uh, really, really angry. And that happened to me yesterday. I went off on a class because I discovered there was some evidence that there was some cheating going on on an exam. 
And so I kind of called out the class as a whole. I did not uh, confront those individuals that I suspected of cheating because the evidence was not 100% clear. It was about 90% clear, but anytime there's a little bit of wiggle room, I've got to give the benefit to the students. But it was pretty obvious that there was some plagiarism going on, and I was really frustrated, and I let the class know it. And after I went back to my office, I was really feeling kind of down on myself for being so hard on the class. And then I got an email from one of my students, and I want to share just a bit of that email because I was kind of beating myself up, even though I have demonstrated uh, evidence of being a good teacher. I was kind of talking negatively to myself about how, you know, that's not the way a good teacher should handle that, and you did not do that very well, and so forth. And then I got this email from one of my students, and I'm just going to share a little bit of it. It's a student who's struggling in the class. And she sent me this email, and part of it said, I wish I could do better, but I'm going to keep pushing through like I said I would. I may give up on a lot of things in my life, but one thing that I won't give up on is marking my words. I apologize if you feel otherwise, but I appreciate you as my outstanding professor. You may not know it, but you make some of my bad days turn into better days. And this was a student in a class that I had just... uh, really kind of read the riot act too. And it was encouraging to me because when I was beating myself up for not being a very good teacher, this student came back and told me that some of her worst days are made better just by being in my class. I found that to be really encouraging. And it was also uh, reminding me that no matter what I tell myself, there are other people who might say something different. So if you're struggling with negative self-talk, if that's an area of your life that you need to work on, I would encourage you again to fight back against that self-talk. First of all, be aware of it and then separate yourself from that voice that is talking down to you. Call that voice out. Call it out as a liar and then replace that negative voice with positive encouragement in your mind. And once you start doing that, I think that you'll notice that the the inner voice, the negative inner voice, will start to recede into the background and you will start to feel less stress. You will start to feel more positivity in your life. And I'm willing to bet that you're going to start achieving more of the things that you're chasing after when you start dealing with positive self-talk instead of negative self-talk. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Crown Media Group. Is your brand marketing stale? Does your website need a makeover? Then head over to my friends at crownmediagroup.com. They do spectacular work at affordable prices, and they have the best customer service in the industry. Check them out today. That's all the time we have for this episode of The John Becker Show. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a subscribe. And do you know someone who would find value from this message? then send them the link to this episode so that they can benefit from it as well. I want to leave you with this closing thought from John C. Maxwell. John Maxwell said, The thoughts in your mind will always be more important than the things in your life. Choose happiness. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to step up and live the life that God created you to live.